You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Wednesday, 7 February. We've got local foreign exchange reserve data out later this morning. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, FEMA idea from Momentum Security. Fortress is finally set to remove the dual share structure. All the dots have been crossed and I's dotted and uh, should happen soon. I want to know, is there value here? It's a change, but more important, with that gone, is there value? REITs are looking interesting in places. Neil Hart talking on how donations to schools or other public benefit organizations can offer tax relief under Section 18A of the tax code. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Why Sun International wants Piermont, Empress versus Grand West versus Monty. Uh, despite debt, Empress Palace literally prints money. Business Day, Ramaphosa extends Casueto's stay in office for orderly transition. SARS commissioner will remain beyond April 30 when his term expires. Morning markets, US was mixed. S&P up a quarter of a percent. NASDAQ down a quarter of a percent. Over in the east, mixed. Sydney down a quarter. Tokyo down a tenth of a percent. Hong Kong is up a third of a percent and ten cent, half a percent higher. Commodities mostly green. Gold, 2051. Brent, 78.68. Platinum, 9.11. And palladium, 9.52 is the red on the list. Rand, 18.83. Bitcoin, 42,900. Top 40 opening call, a red open, but 20 points, which is, uh, what, 0.03% down. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Daniel Albert, uh, Fahima Adia from Momentum Securities. Fahima, appreciate the early morning. Fortress, which has had a, a, a long road to get rid of their, their A and B share structure. Uh, they've got shareholder approval. They've got everything processed and done. Uh, that'll now happen. And as I understand, essentially, the B shares are going to disappear and we'll just be left with the A shares and, and it'll just be Fortress. Morning, Simon. Yes, um, so they finally managed to collapse that dual share structure. Uh, it's, of course, been a couple of years um, since Class A and B shareholders uh, were trying to come to an agreement. So it's good to see they finally managed to do that. Uh, and management has actually committed to paying out 100% of distributable earnings to shareholders. Uh, so we're likely to see dividends resume in the first half of 2024. And uh, like you said, you know, the scheme involves the, the buyback of all the B shares in exchange for shares in Nepi Rock Castle, which Fortress owns a 24% stake in, and the, the Fortress B shares will then be cancelled, and that just leaves that one set of shareholders, the former A shareholders. Ah, uh, gotcha. Forget about that. I've forgotten about the Nepi Rock Castles, of course. And, and, and I mean, this now enables them to start paying dividends. They haven't for a while. Uh, the, the, the stock has been responding positively. Is, is there value, do you think, in, in, in Fortress? I mean, REITs generally had a tough time of it. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, the property sector has, has struggled. Um, but we, we started to see a bit of a bounce back in the REITs in the, the past few months. 
But if we look at uh, Fortress in particular, I mean, I think the, it, it's good that they have uh, collapsed the dual share structure. It just makes it a lot simpler to invest in. It doesn't have those former restrictive uh, impediments in terms of dividend payouts. But from a valuation point of view, you know, it's had quite a good run the past mm. year. And um, I think it's looking quite fully priced at the moment. It's trading at a 12-month forward dividend yield of about 8.5%. And if you compare that to other REITs, I think you can find better value elsewhere. Uh, another concern that we have is that um, the higher debt in Fortress after that unbundling of Nepi Rock Castle. So the LTV has now actually increased uh, to oh. around 40 percent. Yeah, from 27 percent in 2023. So I think given all of those things, there probably is value in, in, in other REITs right now. I take your point. I, I forget the LTV, of course, and I mean, the stock's gone from what, 9 Rand to over 15 Rand. Uh, quick, you say other REITs. What would be your preferred REIT in this space? So uh, we like Fukile. Um, the mm-hmm. the recent uh, trading update and uh, look pretty solid. They've of course got exposure to Spain, which provides pretty good diversity of income. They're seeing a lot of um, uh, of growth coming from there, and uh, it's on a dividend yield of about nine point nine percent. And uh, yeah, we also like Emira and Hyprop. So, but uh, the topic, I, I really like Vakile with that exposure to the township properties in in South Africa. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw that uh, update from them and actually from uh, uh, Hyprop uh, last week, both looking fairly good. Interest rates coming down, this should, I mean, is this going to help property sectors? I mean, we don't know when they're going to start coming down, but, but broadly, rates have probably peaked. This should help their debt burdens. Yes, definitely. I think that's actually the reason, you know, we're seeing a bit of a bounce in the REITs now in the past few months is that the markets uh, is looking ahead uh, to those interest rate cuts. And that, of course, is definitely better for the property sector. You know, the the, the interest burden just goes down. And um, that's what I think will be a key driver of the, the REITs this year. So there is value in REITs this year from our point of view. We'll leave it there. That's Fahima Adia from Momentum Securities. Fahima, appreciate the early morning. And certainly we are seeing uh, we've seen some movement at last in the property space. It's been it's been way tough. It's been massively tough. I mean, even in the case of Fortress, I'm looking at the A-shares here. Uh, pre-pandemic, they were 22 rand. They're now only 15. And if I zoom out, it just gets even more messy. But Fahima, appreciate that early morning. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Standler Balanced Cautious Fund, we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at standler.com forward slash more. Standler is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Training now with uh, Neil Hobbs from Hobbs Sinclair Advisory. Neil, appreciate the early morning time. Section 18A of the tax code, uh, this covers donations. What's the details here? I mean, the most important point is that it needs to be uh, companies that are registered with SARS in terms of, of public benefit organizations. 
Yes, good morning, Simon. Um, yes, it's a very straightforward donation, uh, provided the organization is properly registered with SARS. So the most difficult thing is actually to get registered with SARS. Yeah. But as long as the organization you're donating to has a valid 18A certificate, then your your donation is deductible up to 10% of your taxable income, uh, which is actually quite generous. That is generous. 10% is a chunky amount, and, and, and there's no no cap on this. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking, I don't know, if I'm a, if I'm a, a, a billionaire, my income could be quite chunky. Yeah, so if you're in a sort of 50 million um, income group and you say, I'd rather put 5 million towards uh, a, a charity or mm-hmm. a public benefit organization of my choice, then give it a government, you can do it and have a direct uh, influence on how your tax money is spent. Yeah, yeah, I take that, I, I, and and then I mean, because I, I I do this, I mean, not in the the the, the five million rand levels. Um, what's important is I get a certificate back from the organisation to prove that donation uh, for 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 paperwork. Absolutely, yeah. So the paperwork has to be there, and you have to have a valid certificate that mentions all your tax details and your personal details, and so forth. But um, yeah, it, it's a it's a very generous donation and um, can be used for quite a few things including schooling uh, medical care uh, and general welfare you mentioned schools and in, in the note that that, that that came out just the other day it, it was around schools is this all schools or is again is this schools that are, are eligible under certain conditions okay it's so only schools that are registered under 18a mm-hmm. um, now I think most of the model C schools are registered with 18a and I imagine some of the uh, private schools would be um so it's uh and and corporates can also contribute so mm-hmm. in other words my employer can uh, make a donation uh to the school that my child attends and have that as a tax deductible contribution okay I, this is the i i, th- I think for many folks might have known about the pbo pbos but of course the school i mean it's a public benefit organization isn't it and, and this would not be school fees i mean your school fees are are, are separate to this part of the process yeah, correct. So school fees you've got to pay. Um, one of the schools that my sons attended, um, there was a, an option for you to give a donation alongside your school fee. Mm-hmm. And those donations went to, you know, improving the uh, facilities of the school and building tennis courts or astroturfs or auditoriums and so forth. So it was entirely voluntary. Yeah. Um, but it was something that encouraged uh, many people to contribute to the facilities of the school, which was great. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I think, I think it's an absolutely excellent idea. I, I, I want to switch the direction slightly because, of course, there is just general donations that I can make. And as I understand, I can do a hundred thousand rand uh, donation to to anybody, um, but and and it's not taxable in their hands. But I don't get the benefit from it because, of course, you know, if I'm doing it, I don't know, let's say my my sister or or, or a friend of mine. I mean, they're obviously not a PBO. I can give them a hundred thousand. There, the key thing is they don't get taxed as income. Correct. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So it's, it is different from what would be your normal giving, you know, whether it's to your church or family mm-hmm. or, or, or relatives. Um, yeah, so your yeah, housing is another thing that you can give to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it is distinct. You, you're not taxed on the donation up to 100,000 rand. But what we're talking about with the 18A is a tax-deductible donation. So it gives you a bit of a benefit as well. Yeah, that's the key point. It's that tax deduction. Uh, quick on the 100,000, if I donate to my spouse, if I understand, uh, I can donate as much as I want to my spouse because uh, SARS considers that to, to not be a, a, an issue. Correct. Uh, and that's actually quite an important point, especially mm-hmm. when you know one partner is becoming elderly and, and likely to die in the short term. Uh, 
you know, if you pass with a, with a big estate, uh, you, that estate has to be wound up and then your spouse passes maybe a year or two later, that estate is wound up again. Um, so what I do quite often is, you know, in, in those instances, the uh, the, elderly, the spouse who is um, sickly mm-hmm. donates everything to the spouse who's likely to survive. So you 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 don't have everything caught up in the estate uh, twice for the family. So yes, interspousal donations are completely free of donations tax, and um, I, th- I think that's a very smart move. Okay, but yeah, that is that is cool. And, and then because I know someone's going to say, if I donate more than a hundred thousand to not my spouse, I donate it to to my best friend down the road, and I give them two hundred thousand. They are liable for tax on the extra hundred thousand, as I understand, and that's a twenty percent tax. No, it's not. Okay, it's it's you who's liable. Oh, that's for the right. Tax. It's me who's so liable. It's the donor is <laughs> liable for the tax. But uh, we tend to focus on the hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, what we overlook is. There's an additional um, and unspecified amount for um, donations towards the upkeep and welfare of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is really subject to the commissioner's discretion. But for example, if my um, uh, adult son mm-hmm. um, is uh, suffering um, a debilitating disease, I can give oh. money to him for his upkeep and uh, upkeep of his family and so forth. Um, and it's not limited by that hundred hundred thousand rand. So, sort of in need oh. welfare donations with, with, within families are, are also uh, um, allowed, and not many, many people know that. Okay, I, I was totally unaware of this. I mean, the short answer is this, this donation tax, the 18A, and, and whether it's the in need you just mentioned or the spousal support. I mean, this is, this is. I mean, they're important. They're significant. They can benefit schools. They can benefit other public benefit organizations. They can also just be a clever tax work. Folks need to get smart around these. Yes. Um, it's, it's quite interesting because some of the big employers have actually implemented a system where they donate. They make a donation mm. to the school that the employees' uh, children are attending to. Uh, and that used to be subject to a salary sacrifice. So in yeah. other words, I could drop my salary by a thousand rand and my employer would give a uh, thousand rand to the school as, as a donation. That is now limited to 5% of my taxable income. Uh. And I'm not allowed to do a salary sacrifice. So if it's more than 5% of my taxable income, I'm then taxed on it as, as PAYE as normal. But it, it does give that opportunity for employers to actually give a little bit extra to their staff without their staff paying tax on it. And they still get the deduction. Gotcha. But even Daniel Hobbs from Hobbs Sinclair Advisory, appreciate the time this morning, making us smarter around tax. And and I mean, some of it's maybe a little bit technical, and maybe we need to speak to an accountant. But there's some opportunities here. And our question today on LinkedIn and Twitter is: Are you making use of this opportunity for the 18A? I mean, the, the idea of maybe donating some money to your kid's school for. I don't know, maybe a tennis court, maybe maybe a teacher's salary, whatever the case may be. Uh, and you get a tax benefit. And, of course, the school gets a benefit as well. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. Your money knows that reaching new heights means turbulence. But what if you don't have to feel it? Our partnership with J.P. Morgan Asset Management gives you access to a broad range of global strategies. So when you invest in Stanlib's Global Multi-Strategy Diversified Growth Fund, your money can withstand the ups and downs caused by market fluctuations. Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. 
That's it for today. We were chatting with Petley Radenhase yesterday from Herenia Capital Advisors. We asked him where he's finding value in commodities. We know he likes uh, uh, uranium, that we've talked around before. Uh, the answer was uh, lithium, and he gave us some offshore ETFs. We asked you, where are you finding value? Uh, if you're bullish, a third of you said, yes, you are bullish, very much so. A quarter each uh, said, nope, you don't like commodities. The other quarter said, you know what, in places, not across the board, but in some places it's looking good. And, and a small percentage of you, around 5 or 6%, said, you know what, it's gold. You like gold. Have your say, have your vote, LinkedIn and Twitter. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every week that morning on the MoneyWeb website and the app 6.30am podcast just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Norbochle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. If you're loving the show, please leave us a positive rating in your podcatcher of choice and we'll chat again tomorrow. Positive disruption, what it could mean for the mining sector. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.